Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. We are back. We are back. I told y'all I had something for y'all. Didn't I tell them, T? I told y'all I had something for y'all. See, here on Let's Chat, we love to make sure that we entertain, but we also want to make sure that we educate. And I got three people in different realms of the industry with great pens, great knowledge, and they about to school y'all. Uh, it's, it's, it's just becoming a new thing. Have you noticed, T, where a lot of authors want to take their pens to writing scripts and screenplays, mm-hmm. and they want to take their books and turn them into movies and plays, and, and we're doing all these fabulous things as artists. Mm-hmm. But That's true. some lack knowledge to understand um, what it is, the process, um, what do's and don'ts, what you're going to get, what you're not going to get. You might think you're getting a whole lot and you're not. But just to have an mm-hmm. understanding before you step in there, it's, it's, it's good to know what you know because you know it before you step into the arena. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a Absolutely. Um, there's an interview on Instagram um, with um, Stan Lee. Then he's the creator of the Avengers and Marvel. He's the Marvel creator. And he was mm-hmm. almost Larry King. And I've been trying to find it so I can get a, a snippet and add it to the mm-hmm. show. But basically what Larry King was asking him was, do you get paid every time they get paid? And he said no. Mm-hmm. He said, that's not how I get paid. He said, I just really take credit, stand back, and let them do what they do. So he, mm-hmm. he he did go into a little bit of the history where he said he was a pen for hire, basically. And so he did the characters for the company, 
turned in his work and the company paid him. These happened to be very good characters that went far. He said the company takes, took really good care of me. However, mm-hmm. I'm just the face. I don't make money when Marvel makes money. And I think that's mm. the, the, the problem that a lot of authors don't understand. You may not necessarily make the money you think you're going to make when, mm-hmm. when your pen goes in that direction. You know, he didn't know his, you know, his, his characters were going to go that far. But, you know, he's like, look, I don't, I don't get paid when they get paid. He's like, and I'm okay with that. So they must compensate him well on the flip side. But he doesn't have any rights to Iron Man or he's just really the face. He's the mm-hmm. face of the characters. He's the, as the creator. So what um, Larry King said was, doesn't the creator get paid for creating? And he said no. Y'all, this some deep stuff. That's why we got these three on here to, to help figure it out. We have the fabulous author and publisher, Victoria Christopher Murray. She has movies that are coming out. She has her hands in so many different things throughout Hollywood. I don't know. They better watch out. Tyler Perry better watch out. Here she comes. She is coming. And then we have the fabulous uh, author and producer, Georgia Dawkins. She was Mm -hmm. one of the producers of The Sister Circle, and she has a production company. And then we have writer and comedian Kevin Foster. Kevin Foster is one of the writers from the fabulous new series, Monogamy. Um, there are actually three writers. He's one of the three. And so mm-hmm. he's going he's gonna to really be able to, to give us a lot of that Hollywood inside information on monetizing your pen, how, who, what, when, where, what to do, when not to do it, how to do it, mm-hmm. and have an understanding mm-hmm. so you're not going in there with tissue on your shoe. I'm oh, Lord, saying. you brought up that image of Tisha on the shoe, and I just went right to Trump, <laughs> Trump boarding the plane. Why you had to go there, Lisa? <laughs> Wait a minute. I wasn't really trying to because I always say, tissue, like I tell my clients, I can't leave you outside while I have you out there with tissue on your shoe. I got to make sure that you're ready. <laughs> so I always say tissue on your shoe, but when you was like, oh, my goodness, I was like, yeah, Trump did have tissue on his shoe when he got on that plane. That was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me try to erase that image once again. Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. My name is Ms. Tony, and as Alicia has opened up this phenomenal show we have on top, we are in for an event, but for all those that may be joining us this evening for the very first time, first of all, we thank you, and we so appreciate you. But just to let you know a little bit more about what we do here on Let's Chat, uh, we celebrate literature, and not just literature, as you can see from our lineup tonight. We celebrate all walks of life, the arts, anything dealing with our community. They have been celebrated here in Let's Chat, and we love doing it the royal way. So we allow our guests and our listening audience, our listening families, to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do because you never know who may be in the audience. They need that word. They may need that nudge because they may be in a a point in their life that they want to do something that our guests are, are involved in. So make sure you guys definitely tonight have some pen and papers because some mm-hmm. jewels are about to be dropped. 
at least I can't think of a better lineup than we have, especially with the topic tonight, monetizing your pen. This lineup tonight uh, is, is just phenomenal. I think it was made to order. So I can't wait for them to get into the chat room and we can chat it up and learn at the same time. Absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, people are taking their pens in so many different directions. And, you know, Mm -hmm. even like in the literary world, when it comes to being published, you know, a lot of times we we always say here on Let's Check, you got to know what you know because you know it. You have to have an understanding of the industry. And if it was a book industry, it would be easy for us to have a, you know, few publishers on and we'll be able to talk that Mm -hmm. talk about the industry. But this is an industry that I don't know about, you don't know about. So we need people that are tapped into that industry to be able to say, look, y'all, here go a little uh-huh. outline of what you might experience. Here go a little outline of what you're not getting. Here go a little outline of how you think it might go, but it's not going this way. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Because and, and, and information on how to monetize your pen if you're not doing so. I, I love a good book. But in the words of Chris, uh, Victoria Christopher Murray, if your your book doesn't have legs automatically, and until your book has legs, you are the legs of that book. Until your book has word of mouth, you become that book's word of mouth. And so mm-hmm. books are great, but you got to know how to think outside of the book. Monetize your pen. Learn how to make money because authors, it's a, that's a really, really hard job to have, especially if you're a full-time author, and you have to know how to maximize your time, get more bang for your buck, know where can you take your pen, what direction can you take your pen that brings you and your brand um, some coinage, and and Uh just take it with different different levels of writing, you know, because as Uh a writer, you're, you're an artist. You know, some people are just stuck in a box of writing books. And as a writer, you don't have to just write a book. And you can get Mm -hmm. paid for the things that you write. And so just having an understanding of, you know, for those that are like, well, where can I do that at? You know what I'm saying? Right. We got right. that's why we got these folks. They're going to give you the 411. So as T said, have your pencil and paper ready, plenty of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's interesting, Reese, because that of our lineup tonight, I'm actually editing um, a, a play, you know, made for, I don't want to say play, but it's like for Lifetime. They've looked at it, and they need to be tightened up, so it's interesting. You know, I'm definitely going to be taking taking some notes because you never know what may fall into your lap, when you may need that, and knowledge is powerful, so I'm going to be applying what I learned tonight with what I'm doing as a, as an editing this this um how what do we want to call it uh it's, it's a playwright I guess you would call it a playwright you know so mm-hmm. um it's very interesting the way the way it's set up you know it doesn't flow like a a book like you say but it's 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 words to paper you know they're powerful. Well, you remember when we took that class with Victoria, y'all? We about to go off real quick. Remember we took that class with Victoria, and she explained the difference between what readers see and what we see on TV? Mm-hmm. Remember that analogy she gave? I'm going to have her give that analogy again, but it's so on point. Like when you're on, when you are on doing a play or, or even a TV series, I'm assuming you have to be more detailed. You know, there's more 
door opens. She walks in. Wave your hand to the left. Uh-huh. Wave, you know, so in a book you have to draw the reader into the story um, and uh-huh. let them experience it. And I think, like, as a playwright or the visual version, you are um, putting it out there, showing them what it is, like, they're walking mm-hmm. out to the door, but making sure that they still feel it at the same time. I don't know, but that uh, I can't think of the analogy she gave, but it was so on point. It was so on point. Absolutely. And she has so much more where that came from. So um, mm-hmm. it, she could have a show all to herself, Lisa. That's how much knowledge that she has. And she shares it, you know, and, and she shares it whereas a layman can understand it, and, and, and it makes sense. You know, and and Lisa and I, we try to get into her classes, but she's banned us. We even try to go through the back door, but she found out and locked that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> we've been banned never from class. Victoria mm-hmm. Christopher Murray knowledge. <laughs> Absolutely, she said, "There's nothing else I could do for you. I'm gonna need you just to write the book." And you just go edit it, Miss T. Right, right. You, you, you go edit it. You go write it. Then y'all come back to me. You have all the tools. Got... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've given you what you need. I just need you to go do it now. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a brief break, and we will be back with the fabulous Victoria Christopher Murray. Okay. This oh, is oh, State oh, of Emergency. Oh, I'm going to do I Believe. Okay. Or gotta believe in me. Can't wait. This spirit to tell you this. 
Wow. Um, Victoria, this is this is Tony and uh, I miss you. Hi, I'm so happy to have you. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing Good well. Good to talk to you. You too. Um, I just wanna say, you know, I'm a young and restless fan and um as a writer, you know, and, and, and their storyline lately has been getting a lot of bad you know, from the long time viewers from Young and the Restless because of the writing, because of the one that had taken over. How important is it to come in on a much, much, that's a very successful show and have your material enjoyed by the audience because a lot of the Young and the Restless audience isn't happy with the new, uh, the new writer. How important is it to kind of come in and kind of put your stamp on it but still keep the quality and integrity of the show? Intact. Yeah. Now you know I'm not writing on the Young and the Restless. I'm writing on the Rich. No, I understand. I mean, just in general. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, and you know that's an interesting question because um, I came in. I did. I wasn't there on the first season of the mm-hmm. show, so I joined other writers um, coming mm-hmm. in. So that's a really good question. You know, how do you keep the continuity? Um, with the other writers and then just keep trying to improve the quality. And the good thing about TV writing is that it's not like any other writing that I know. Um, I don't don't even think script writing, well, I know script writing is not even done this way for movies. Um, Writing for television is really a team project. Um, mm-hmm. People don't go off and write one episode and then the next person writes the next episode and then the next person. Um, so, no, all you, we all write them together. Like, um, we'll say, okay, Victoria, you do this scene, and then we sit down together in the writer's room and we go mm-hmm. over the whole show. So, mm-hmm. um, even with like the the Young and the Restless or any TV show, it's written mostly by a team. There may be somebody who is leading that week's episode, but it's they're, mm-hmm. they're writing it all together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're all. It's very different from any other writing. It's not that way with script writing. It's not that way. Um, with novel writing, it's very different. And I like it. That's one of the reasons why I like it. I'll be going out to Los Angeles, um, not next week, the week after, because we're filming season three. And mm-hmm. um, see, for season three, I was not a writer. I was a consultant. So they would write the scenes, and then they would ask me what I thought, and I'd make changes. But for season four, mm-hmm. I'll be writing again. I just was a little busy last year. Okay. And see, mm. okay, so his name is Richard Brooks. He plays the brother on Being Married. Richard Jane. I knew Brooks. I had, yes, I knew I had his face. Yes. Now, Victoria, the, yes. our topic uh, for the show today is monetizing your pen. And there's so many authors that are trying to monetize their pen or have an understanding mm-hmm. when, they, when they're given the opportunity to be able to write on shows and um, scripts and things of that nature. If you could give five jewels to somebody that was taking their pen from a book into that direction of writing, what would it be? Mm-hmm. So are they taking their 
writing and towards screenplay and TV writing? Because when you said monetizing the pen, um, which I think is a great topic, there are other ways you can monetize the pen as long as you're good at it. Like one of the ways I do is with editing. I love editing. And then I love Mm -hmm. teaching writing. But I stay in my lane. And what I mean by that is, it's all about writing. So I thought this was such a good topic because there's a lot of ways to monetize. But if somebody were going to go into the re- direction of screen writing or television writing, the first thing I would tell them is that it is totally different from novel writing. So get what you know out of your head. The reason it's different is because most of it for television and for screenwriting, for the big screen, most of it is dialogue. Um, It's the director that sets the scene. And so, you know, when we're writing, in the writing classes that you both have attended, you know that um, I make... Yeah, that editor. (laughs) No, but you both have. And we, of that. we felt the shade. She really wants to say y'all both have attended ten times, but you know, okay. <laughs> no, we trying to we trying to make it eleven. If if you had, I won't. I will not allow it. I you do try to sneak in there. I know you try to come in under another name. But but if you remember from those classes, I do. As a novel writer, the setting and the scenes are very important. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. are going into another direction, the scenes don't have anything to do with it. So you mm-hmm. better know how to write some strong dialogue. Mm. So the first thing I would say would be kind of like know that you're going into a different market. It's still writing, but very different writing. The second mm-hmm. thing I would say is study it, study it first. And there's lots of ways to study it. One is by watching television and listening to the dialogue. And I think, and I, and again, something from a class that I used to tell people to do, I think some of the best ways to learn dialogue writing is with soap operas because they are so over-the-top dramatic. So sometimes just being able to hear that. Um, I know I tell people to turn down the sound and just watch their gestures, and then you'll learn how to write about gestures. But listening mm-hmm. to their dialogue. And then, you know, um, Shonda Rhimes, she's amazing with dialogue, too. So any of mm-hmm. her shows, but any shows, listen to the dialogue. Listen to the exchange. Listen to how natural it is. Um, The third thing I would tell people is that if you can take a class, um, I just finished Shonda Rhimes' master class, and I loved it. Um, But I take master classes all the time. People say, get out of here. You teach writing. Why do you take classes? Because I need to have something to teach all. I need to, everything I know, I teach. So I have Mm -hmm. to fill my tank up so that I have something to come out of my tank. And so I would tell, do some self-studying by watching TV or, or really studying movies. 
And so that means if you have the, the remote in your hand and you go back and you listen again and you see how it's done, notice the nuances. Then take a class. Shonda Rhine's class is excellent. And there are mm-hmm. other classes that you can do online or, um, you know, uh, attend, go and attend workshops. And then mm-hmm. the other thing I would tell you to do, now this is something that I haven't done a lot um, because I was blessed to just kind of have people notice me and say, Victoria, we want to do this with you or do that with you. But look for for festivals in your area. They have a lot of um, television, movie festivals um, in your area, and go and network. Uh, Because the most important thing in this industry, but I think it's in any industry, but the most important thing in this industry is who you know. And you may think, and I'm not talking about, you know, you have to know a big name. I'm talking about it's just who you know. Lisa and Tony, you guys know that you can pick up the phone, call me at any time and say, Victoria, I need this. That's Mm -hmm. because of relationship. And I can do the, uh, the same. I can mm-hmm. call up and say, okay, can you get, because of the relationship that's developed. And mm-hmm. so people need to go and develop good relationships with people who are doing what they're doing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then somebody can recommend you for something or somebody can, um, you know, just it's the relationship building is the most important thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And then the final thing is that if you have a chance to intern for someone, even if there's no money, do it. Because when you can get your name out there that you're doing these kinds of things, and then when you can build your resume up, um, you know, when you so that you can be on IMDb. Um, and mm-hmm. then people can go and see your credit. Um, even if you just have a credit as a writer, people say, okay, well, let me go and get this person. You know, let me go and get that person. So mm-hmm. um, those are the things that I would tell you to do. Mm, absolutely. Definitely study, definitely study on your own. Go out and learn from some experts in classes. Why you know and and the study on your own I think you is so important. Um, developing the relationships, all those kinds of things become important. Now, Victoria, this is Leisha. I'm glad that you you bought up um, watching TV because I like to watch uh, TV, but I like to turn the caption on. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just weird. I like to turn the caption on and and look because. I think that in books you have to be able to feel the the author's pen, so you're feeling the character. So in TV, they're trying to show you this character's characteristics, whether they're nervous, they're jittery, and so I, I like to see. And sometimes you always catch when the writing is a little bad on the shows. I'm sorry, anybody that mm-hmm. writes shows, um, but sometimes in, in Certain seasons of Empire, the writing was a little shabby. Like they messed up something right there. Something right there wasn't right. But we we see it mm-hmm. when we watch the TV. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you brought that up. But you also brought up ways 
to monetize your pen. Can you drop outside of editing and teaching? Can you drop a few ways to monetize their pen for those that are like, yeah, I want to monetize my pen. How can I do that? Well, one of the first things that people can do, because I always say if you're writing, make sure you're exercising that muscle. So sometimes you might you may have just finished a long novel. It's taking you all of these months, maybe a year, to write it, and you're like, oh, my goodness, do I, I just don't have it in me um, to do another one. Monetize your pen by selling short novellas, um, writing now, make sure it's juicy. Make sure it's still written as well, still edited, because when your books are not edited, people won't give you another chance. Uh-huh. And so there are a lot of people out here who are saying, man, I, don't, I can't build my market. It's because there's too many other people out here, and so they're like, I don't have to waste time on someone who will not spend money on themselves, but they want me to spend money on them. And so, and we all know, we already know editing is copy editing, but the most important editing is developmental Developmental. editing. Mm -hmm. And and one of the best editors out there is talking to me on this show right now. And the reason I know she's one of the best. Yes, she do. And let me tell you why I know she's one of the best, because she came to me as one of the best, but then I trained her. I know she's one of the best. Yes. Thank you. So, the, and that's developmental. To me, that's more important than copy because Tony's going to still catch your commas and where the paragraph should be. He's going to catch all of that. But mm-hmm. developmental says, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. So it's not going to make sense to the reader. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. you had him in Philadelphia on the other page. Why is he in Cincinnati now? And you might right. think that that never will happen to you, but I remember writing um, a book, the, the Deal of Dance and the Devil, and in one chapter I had all of their phone, all of their utilities turned off, their phone, the gas, everything was turned off. In the next chapter, the next chapter, I had her answering her phone. <laughs> and so, but because when you're writing, you're in the weeds, and you don't mm-hmm. notice this, when my editor mm-hmm. pointed that out to me, I was like, how did I miss that? Wow. But you will miss <laughs> those kinds of things sometimes. And the next That's chapter, true. not two chapters later, <laughs> the next chapter. <laughs> and so it only a development. Yeah, and a, and a copy editor won't catch that because that's not her job. The copy mm-hmm. editor's job is to just make sure that the commas are in the right place. That's right. Mm-hmm. But we all do that. I've written 30 books, and I do stuff like that all the time. Or I will repeat something, and somebody like Tony as the editor will come and say, you said this already, and every <laughs> sentence has to reveal new information. That's right. So those kinds of things. That's right. You all know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... Um, but but I didn't mean to get off on an editing thing. But that's another way to monetize. You can say, okay, I'll buy, I'll write a novel a year and one or two short novellas. Um, and novellas mm-hmm. can be anywhere from thirty thousand words to fifty thousand words, or 
another way to monetize is to say, okay, I'll do a Christmas novella. Don't sleep on those. Those right. sell like crazy. I have no mm-hmm. idea why people want to read Christmas stories. I just don't get it, but those are some big, big sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I, you know, then there's also sometimes Valentine's Days are good sellers and things like that. But that's another thing that somebody can do because writers write. So try to monetize um, your gift with the pen, just like that's what this topic's all about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's now, funny, this is Tony oh, Victor. I'm sorry, Lee. It's yeah, funny that she should share that story because I was doing an editing job and a woman had her character fly into New York, but then she's in L.A. <laughs> so I said, you have to choose which one you want to go to because you can't be in both mm-hmm. places. And she was like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize I did that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for and, catching and it. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you for catching that. And the, and the thing is is that we're writers. We're in we are in the weeds, you know, and we're supposed to mm-hmm. be in the weeds, and that's why we've got to hire good editors. And here's my problem. All the people on Facebook who say they're editors are not. Not editors. Mm. They are not mm-hmm. editors. Nope. And mm-hmm. there are probably four that I would recommend and they've all mm-hmm. been trained by me. Mm, and the, the other best. people, it, and and here's my my thing with um, editing too. Lisha, you said Tony's heavy with that red pen. She better be. Because She's hardcore. As a good She's hardcore. I know she needs to be hard. No, I love it because a a manuscript that has a lot of edits, that's not the sign of a bad writer. That's the sign of a great editor. Editor. Because mm-hmm. any editor should be able to take a good book and make it great and take a mm-hmm. great book and make it phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think about, like, I think about, like, even my book, Stand Your Ground. I won the NAACP Image Award for that. When I turned mm-hmm. it in, it was the best that I got. I, mm-hmm. I put it on her, and that my editor tore it up. Not in a bad way, because mm-hmm. she said, Victoria, this book is phenomenal. But she said, I'm mm-hmm. going to make it better than phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And that's what you mm-hmm. want. Wow. Absolutely. Give me goosebumps. <laughs> and, and I want to yeah. call in proofreaders. A proofreader is not necessarily an, it's not an editor, but this is a great way to monetize your pen and build your skill. Because you're able to to look at the process, I think that's a good way of studying. Because sometimes when I'm proofreading, I'll look at stuff and I'll say, oh, this is good, but um, what happened on page 53? You got some stuff going on. I have this thing with transition, transitioning from scene to scene and thought to thought. And sometimes it gets a little shaky through there when they're trying to transition. And it's like, this this didn't work right here. What What's going on? So I'm glad that mm-hmm. you brought that up because you, y'all need to, you, you need to exercise your muscle. That's a good one. We're going to use that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> exercise. Mm. I wrote yeah, that exercise down. Exercise that muscle. Yeah. Now, here on Let's Chat, we like to do a little something fun. And okay. 
we, we, we just like to show all avenues of our guests because we have dynamic guests that come on. Um, you have a universal pen. You write in so many directions. And so we love to see natural juices and how they flow. And so we're going to do a, just a little short little something with you. Um, T is going to give you a prop. You're going to place the prop inside of a scene, and you're going to give us a short live excerpt. Okay, so wait a minute now. Tell me this again. (laughs) It's fun. It's going to be fun. So it's a short live excerpt. T is going to give you a prop. You can either take the prop and do a whole new scene, or you can take characters from your books, add the prop to one of the scenes from your books, and do it that way. You can go in any direction. And so I'm just going to read. I'm going to pretend that I'm reading an excerpt. Yep. Is that what gonna, I'm doing? Okay, yeah. let's let's do this. You you should have prepared me, but that's okay. I'm gonna show you. I can think on my feet. That's why we don't prepare you because we want it that's instantaneous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, we want to see that. We want because a lot of times when people come on the show, there are people, there are authors that people don't know. You know, and so the best way to get people to know you and get word of mouth and get people attached to what you're doing is for them to feel and see and experience you. So when we do these live excerpts, it allows the listeners to experience the authors that we have on the show. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, Okay, I'm ready too. Okay, Victoria, you know Leisha and I love you, and we so appreciate you spending some time with us this evening. We cherish everything that you give to us, so thank you. But your three, I'm going to give you, I want to say three. I'm going to do two props then. I'm going to give you some red thigh-high boots, a tiara, some red thigh-high boots, a tiara, and I got to throw in a second, a third one, a machete. Okay. Okay. So now I just read the excerpt. Okay. You can make it up. I never okay, I'm going to make it up. kill nobody off. I'm okay. ready. No, no, you, not, okay, you haven't read. You haven't read half of my books then. Okay. When I told her to dress up and surprise me, this was not what I expected. She strolled into that room wearing nothing but thigh-high boots and that tiara. I wiggled on the bed trying to free myself from those handcuffs. But I but I was anxious and, and ready for her. Are you ready for me, Donovan? She said. All I could do was nod. And then I grinned until I saw what she was carrying behind her back. She lifted the machete, and at first, I wondered what that was all about. And then when she raised it above her head, my life flashed in front of me like lightning. I saw everything I had ever done to this woman. I saw how I had cheated on her um, while she was pregnant with our child. I saw how I had voted for Donald Trump when I had promised her I was going to vote for Hillary Clinton. I saw how 
I had purchased Kanye West last CD. And by the time she bought the machete down on me, my world had already faded to black. <laughs> I love it. Ooh, Victoria, you tore that up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's one of the classics. I'm sitting here, I'm like, where do I want to one-click this book? <laughs> yeah, well, well he, he, he messed up. He voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> and for Kanye CD. Yeah, right? <laughs> Walking around oh here with a no on his shoe. That was the final straw. That's when the machete had to come out. <laughs> that was awesome, Victoria. That was awesome. We love it. That's just that how crazy. we love our guests. That was show. crazy, but that's all I could do in two minutes. That's all right. That that's good. all right. We enjoy it. We enjoy it. You know, we we enjoy your pen. We enjoy your teaching. Oh my God, y'all have y'all have never experienced Victoria Christopher Murray in any of her classes. Y'all have got to. Whenever she does one, when she's not busy, you got to take it because you will mm-hmm. get a gumbo experience when it comes to writing. I did an event two years ago, and her and Rashonda came out, and they blessed us with a writing workshop. And let me tell y'all, I want to say at least three people got books now. That writing mm-hmm. workshop, yeah. Yeah. That, that put a lot of fire and passion into a lot of pens. She is so talented. We so appreciate you coming and kicking with us here on the chat room. We want you to shout out Thank all your you. social media, your books, and any events that you or book signings that you're going to have that people can come and experience you. Well, it's funny. I will be at the James River Writers Conference this weekend in Richmond. Um, so Ooh. that's cool. And then um, I, I think I'm on three panels down there, so I love that. Uh, but on social media, my name is Victoria Christopher Murray on everything. I'm very active mm-hmm. on Facebook, and it's not just about writing, so people won't get bored. I talk a lot about politics. People call me the CNN of Facebook. Um, and so Facebook is one of mine that I love being on, Victoria Christopher Murray. Twitter is another thing that I'm on. And it's if you Google, I mean, if you put in Victoria Christopher Murray, what comes up is Victoria ECM. Those are my initials. And I'm on Instagram at Victoria Christopher Murray. Mm. Awesome. We love now, Victoria, it. This and is next Tony year. Oh, go ahead. Next year. Oh, no, I was just going to say, oh, no, I was just saying next year all three movies will be on Lifetime. They haven't told me the date yet, but Lust will be the very first one. And um, I had a chance to uh, read the, just the first 20 pages or so. And the woman mm-hmm. who wrote the script for Lust, she wrote it better than the book. Ooh, I don't like, believe Whoa. it. Right? <laughs> oh, no. I don't believe it. She wrote it what? better than I was like, what? Man, wow. I wish I'd written that. And, <laughs> um, then, and so Lust, Envy, and Greed will be out next year on, on mm. all three at different times on Lifetime. And Sean mm-hmm. Robinson of Access Hollywood, she used to be on Access Hollywood, Mm-hmm. She's um, one of the producers, and T.D. Jakes is the other producer. 
It's going to mm. be so awesome. We are so proud and happy for you, and we will be watching. Mm-hmm. I don't watch Lifetime. I watch the Hallmark Mystery Channel, but I'm going to watch Lifetime just for you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's so funny? I watch the Hallmark Mystery Channel because I'm, I'm a Columbo fan and those kinds of things. Yes, and so and I heart to heart. Sure because, you know, yeah, oh, heart to heart. That's the J. That's my show. <laughs> um, and, and so I had to, you know, I cut the cord a long time ago. So I had to make sure that on Swing um, I had Lifetime, and I do. So I had to make sure of that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And before before you leave, Victoria, I just want to say, you know, Alicia and I, we do try to sneak into your classes, but the way you go about trying to bring information, attending classes and bring information to your your students, that's why I'm always trying to get into your, your class and just to bring additional information because I'm like a sponge. I love soaking up great knowledge, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. just who you are. So uh, if you ever feel oh. the... the so passionate. I just feel sorry for me, Alicia. Just let us into another class, and we will so appreciate you even more. I'm just we'll sit in the back there. and be real quiet. We'll sit in the back. We're going to be real quiet. No, we I won't love, say nothing. No, no, no. You know y'all can't come into that class and be quiet. I love you. I just know. And the only reason I haven't, because you're making people think, wow, she mean. She don't even let them in the class. That's not what happens. They have been in the class a dozen times. They pay every time. It doesn't matter to them. They pay. They're not looking for no free ride or nothing. Nope. And I just want them to spread their wings. That's the only thing. I don't want you to to get, um, because you're both good at what you do. And so I just want you to spread your wings. Because people are going to be listening (laughs) thinking, dang, she don't even let them in her class. <laughs> we just we love being around you. I love being around you. We do. I, I got a chance to see Leisha a couple of months ago, but I haven't seen uh-huh. you in a while. No, a couple of weeks ago. I know. It was just a couple of weeks ago at uh yeah at, um in, in Atlanta uh, at Monique uh, at Monique's book boutique. Yes, here in yeah, Atlanta. Like I, yeah. I got to get out there to see you. You know, I'm in New York, so it's it's not e- easy for me to, to get down there when I want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, one time you have to. But I'm up in New York a lot, too, so that'll be good. Okay. Well, we so appreciate you coming to kick it with us here on Let's Chat. You know you are always welcome. We got your leather seat over there with the pink fur. That's got Victoria on the back of it. So when you want to come in and talk that Trump talk, ooh, you should come when we have T's boss on. That's going to be an awesome show. I was thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. You let me know. T's boss is uh, FAO Sports. Yeah, that's FAO Sports, yes. And that's going to be a a great political show. Okay, well, you let me know. This is what I'm talking about in terms of relationships. Y'all know y'all can call me and say, and the <laughs> only thing that would happen is if I said, um, the only thing that would happen is if I said, I can't, you know, I have another, uh, mm-hmm. what am I looking, you know, another engagement. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll keep you posted. Okay, ladies. Well, this was wonderful talking to you. Yes, Same here. as always. We so appreciate you. Okay, and we so love you, Miss ECM. 
<laughs> you too. I love you guys too. So have a great <laughs> evening. Enjoy the rest of the show. You okay. Too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Lisa, I, so I love her. I know. I, I just, I just love, love, love Victoria. It's, it's, it's sickening. But I love her creativity. Is so when she's in, when she's teaching creativity, it's everything. Mm-hmm. It makes it her voice empowers you. That's what mm-hmm. it is. She's very empowering. And our next guest is empowering and passionate as well. We had her on mm-hmm. our show a couple of months ago. We got the fabulous author, Georgia Dawkins. Welcome. No, don't welcome me. I don't even want to be on the call no more because, first of all, I got two pages of notes. And I'm really torn Girl. because I don't know if I'm upset about being on hold for so long. Or if I'm just really grateful that I could even listen to that, like, thank you. It, thank you for making me whole for so long. I really needed that. I really need, I'm exactly, like, where she is is where I'm going. Like, I just started adapting my book for screen. Uh-huh. And it's the wow. scariest thing I've ever done since writing the book. I'm like, I don't even know these mm-hmm. people anymore. I got to put them on TV? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do that. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm in a, I'm in that place where I'm pushing through and I'm trying to figure out what it looks like to monetize in that way. So that mm-hmm. was that masterclass was everything. I ain't never wow. been so happy to be on three way. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Miss Judge Dawkins. We're happy to have you. Hey, and Victoria <laughs> is such Thank a you. walking encyclopedia yes. when it comes to things like that. She is. Yeah, that was but church. I want to sure. say thank you to you because you did a live video uh, last month. I think it was last month. You talked. You did your uh, book signing at home, and you talked about your experience, and you talked about God and how you know just you just your experience with Him, being able to step into the presence of things and not even recognize those things, um, and talk about his protection. I want to just say thank you. That live was everything. It was everything. And I know you were coming from a real and genuine place. It was a real raw testimony, but it was everything, because it it could fit in any dynamics of your life, honestly. You know, like when he wow. got you, he got you. And you didn't have to worry about nothing. Oh, my God, that was everything. I just wanted to say Thank that. you. <laughs> oh, see, I'm so happy. I knew y'all were good people. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to come back. Thank you, so, sis. Thank you. Before we get into the topic, you got to tell us what's been going on in Georgia's world. You say you are turning your book into a movie. You're doing a little writing. I know you went to L.A. for a minute. What you cooking in your creative kitchen over there? Uh, so I'm doing the most. <laughs> and what <laughs> I'm trying to do right now to preserve that creativity is slow down because mm-hmm. I'm seeing so much. Like there so much content is in me. Everything in my life is a production. And it's just that way. Like, it's always been that way. I've always been in my head. I've always produced things. And now that I'm, I'm writing more books and creating more shows, and it's just it's so much at one time, and I'm having to slow down. 
and organize it all because it's overwhelming. And sometimes it's to the point where it's crippling and I can't even function because Mm. of the anxiety I have about all that I have to create. So I'm currently in Atlanta. I just came back from the greatest homecoming on earth, Florida A&M University. (laughs) So I flew back Mm -hmm. from L.A. to go to homecoming. I had a book signing there. And um, shout out to the university. They had an office panel for the first time at um, the School of Journalism. And so that was a really great experience. So I just got back to Atlanta just in time for my birthday yesterday. And I'm hanging out for a few days before I go back to L.A. Mm. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a different, Thank you. you come from a different aspect of the industry. Um, you, you are the creator. You know, you help people to create. And so with our topic today, we are talking about monetizing your pen. Just tell everybody a little bit really about what you do outside of writing books, just in case they're not quite sure um, on what George does. Okay, so I got my start in local news as a television news producer. Um, Also worked at Good Morning America, but about two years ago, I got the opportunity to help develop a national talk show, which you now know as Mr. Circle Live on TV One. So that was an incredible Mm -hmm. experience, but it really showed me how much um, I was suffocating my creativity in the newsroom because, you know, you watch the news, the headlines are all the same. Think about how many times I've had the right body found in the last 10 years over and over and over. Like, that's not an environment where I could be creative, you know, where I could have fun with the headline or the tease. So now I develop my own content. Um, this year I've had the opportunity to, to work on two uh, reality shows, one more of like a docu-series um, and another like the typical reality show um, with mm-hmm. the, the millennials, you know, how they, how we do it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all that flashy. So I help people develop shows. They bring me content and the way my gift works, and this is so beautiful to me because I'm really learning um, how to maximize that gift is someone could bring me an idea and I can see it from start to finish. Like, I can see the A to Z. All that I know to create, I can see it. And the things I don't know to create, I can see, like, who, like, needs to be in this place. And so that's kind of um, how I got started with Sister Circle. It came as an idea about a show for black women. And so everything was up in the air, even down to, like, the number of, like, panelists and um who they wanted in the seat and what the title of the show would be. And so that's where I came in with development and what do we want the purpose of the show? What's the purpose of the show? What do we want Mm -hmm. people to feel when they experience the show? What kind of conversations do we have on this show? What makes this show different from the others? So I guess how you would approach a a book idea, you know, the marketing Mm -hmm. A to Z. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is um, that's interesting. This is Tony, um, Georgia, and once again, thanks for for being with us so long as you have tonight. But how do you go about keeping your your finger on the pulse of what's going on today, and especially with our millennials, because sometimes they can be a little bit fickle. But how do you keep your 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 finger on the pulse to make sure that what you're bringing to to your clients is fresh? So I really, I don't like trends. I'm always looking for, like, 
what can make this different than every other show mm-hmm. I've seen on these major networks. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a, a fine line. I produce from within. What does this feel like? What is that experience I want to create? That's where I start. What's the purpose? Like, why are you even here? Because you got mm-hmm. to start there because if you're not passionate about that why, if you're not passionate about the purpose, the trends, all the other stuff doesn't even matter. The camera quality doesn't matter if the purpose isn't strong for the type of um, mm. content I, I like to consume. You know, we know what's going to last and what, mm-hmm. makes, what makes things last. So I'm not one to really watch ratings or anything like that. I'm a, I'm, I produce purpose. So then once we get that concept out, the, what we want to do with it, um, the purpose of, of this show, or this book, you know, I'm looking at, okay, what does it need to be competitive with the other shows as far as a social following? Sister Circle was a mm-hmm. brand new platform with no social following and four women from completely different industries, you know, so it was like, hey, over here from all these different directions. But once mm. you figure out how to, you know, build that brand, like, um, what's the quote I just wrote down? What did she say? But your book doesn't have legs. You have, mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't have legs automatically. Your brand doesn't. Like this show that I got a chance to work with, Sister Circle, is now in its second season. And content creators can take a step back and look in and see how much it's grown since the first mm-hmm. season. You know, while the average viewer is going to be like, oh, they only got, you know, 70,000 followers. Like, that's not that much. But when you look at the growth over time, then you see it takes a lot to introduce a brand-new brand (laughs) to Mm -hmm. black people, for one. You know, but the whole country, that's really hard. Mm -hmm. I agree. Now, let's talk content. Because content for movies is so different than it is for books. How do you sit down and be able to write content with people that you have no idea who they are? How what what, what process is that for you? Um, like, I, what do you mean? Because like, I don't, I don't, do, I haven't done any movies yet. I've done, um, but you're doing, a, you're doing shows, right? So are yes. you creating the show or are you just writing on the show? No, I'm not always the writer or the creator. I might be um, a consultant um, or like a segment producer. Uh, with Sister Circle, that's where I got a development opportunity. But some of the other shows I work on, it actually answers your last question better of how I keep my finger on the post. I, just, I get in where I sit in on something that's happening right now. And I, I learn, like, okay, how they're doing it, especially as an entrepreneur, because what I'm also looking for is how I can do it without them. <laughs> so if I didn't have this crew, if I didn't have these resources, who could I get to execute my vision, you know, under the, the budget that I have, under the circumstances that I have right now? Um, so that's a way that I learn how to structure my business and also a way for me to keep up with the trends. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm. And if you could drop five jewels uh, on one of the listeners listening on monetizing their pin, what would those jewels be? I don't know. I'm not Victoria. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I, am, 
I can only tell you like where I am, and we—it's so crazy because we're in very different parts of of this literary relationship. Where this mm-hmm. is my first book, and I did go through a small publisher, and then I went and got my book back from the publisher and bought a mm-hmm. new ISBN, and I'm getting you know another copyright. You know, I really want it to look like like me. I want it to be something that you know I can be proud and. What's the better? What what more uh, pride do you get from producing something yourself? Like mm-hmm. I I I just want that feeling. So now I know how to do that. So just from lessons learned, I would say you know make sure you have your um, your copyright and um, an intellectual property attorney. That's actually where I would start. Go and write the book and get an attorney um, to look look over it. Make sure you have all your paperwork done there. Um, and then I would invest in marketing. Like I did a lot of marketing myself, <laughs> okay. um, as far as monetizing what I've already written and even down to writing the book. Like I pulled from things that I created over the years to get the book and to get uh, other content, um, even down to the, the documentary. I produced a docuseries around my, um, I don't know if I'm giving you five yet. I'm just throwing them out there and hoping that I'm Victoria, and if it doesn't go in, I'm not Mike. <laughs> You're doing great, girl. I, I, I am not Mike. Um, but, yeah, so I did a docu-series around mine, so that was even, that was my marketing investment because I'm a producer. I do TV. People look to me for TV. So if that's, mm-hmm. you know, my my best foot forward, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Now, I don't feel like I did the best job marketing the docu-series. The docu-series was supposed to market the book, but in order to push a docu-series, you got to market that too, and that's a whole other strategy. So I really kind of set myself up, but at least I have stuff to work with now, content that's already been produced where I can still push my book. Um, another tip I would say is look for multiple streams of income within your book, like within each project, look at how many brands you can pull from that. I look at my mm-hmm. book, and then I look at the T-shirts I just introduced last week at FAMU, my purpose producer shirts. I write about in the book how God told me I'm not just a television producer, I'm a purpose producer. Everything I put my hands on, I'm pulling purpose from. So it's really a movement that started from this one book. And not only is Purpose Producer a T-shirt, but it's a brand. I have a, a whole separate IG account, um, and people are really, this is a message that's resonating with my audience and the people around them, and it came from the one book. And then I look at the one book, and I'm looking at, oh, the one show, oh, the multiple shows that will come out of this one book, and then the other mm-hmm. books that come from this book. So that's three just from one book. Mm. I know it was five in there somewhere. I know it. Yeah, <laughs> jewels nonetheless, girl. Absolutely. I'm trying. People gonna need I'm that trying. for something. All I got. Uh-uh. <laughs> they done got four pages from everything you said already. <laughs> oh, good, mm-hmm. good, good. So I'm like pop quiz. Who are Nobody interested. Who wants to go after in... Victoria? Like that's not even fair. <laughs> For those who I'm are interested like, in producing, <laughs> take us, walk us through the world of a producer. Uh, there are a lot of people that that want to step into that world and, and do a little producing and 
they want to know how to get into it and so walk us through that real world real quick of a producer. It's difficult to do because my path is so unique. I mm-hmm. I mean, other than Oprah. Oprah came from local news, but she was on TV and moved to a national platform. But to go from local news, well, actually, I started at, at Network. I started at Good Morning America. And then I went to local news because of the path that I wanted to take. And I was told that to be a star producer at Network, it's recommended that you produce an top local market, that you go local and grow fast and grow strong and learn everything you can. So I spent the beginning of my career moving every two years. I'm in a different market. Every two years I'm somewhere else because I wanted that growth. So two years ago is when I got the opportunity to um, leave news by way of uh, a layoff, um, which set me up for the opportunity to produce um, and develop Sister Circle. So that was a completely different beast as a producer because for the first time in my career, I had the opportunity to create something that looked like me and nobody was asking, you know, any questions about it. They want what looks like me. So I had to push myself through that fear. But also in every job I've had um, in producing, um, because these are technically different industries, local news from talk to reality shows, which I'm working on now, it's different. So I always look for a mentor, someone to teach me how they do things there. And I can just tell you, from going from Atlanta to L.A. in this last month, they do things a little differently over there. I mean, one, they've been doing it a lot longer, but the systems and the relationships and the way that that entertainment ecosystem works over there is completely different from Atlanta um, as far mm-hmm. as creating content here, it's almost like we're crippled a little bit. Mm. And I think it's a, mm. it's a mental, um, it's a, it's a mental disability um, mm-hmm. as far as this market and the content that can come out of here. The potential that's in Atlanta has not been tapped into. And I think it's because we're too busy competing with each other and not collaborating. You know, we could do so much more if, if we came if we came together um, with our resources. A lot of people have amazing ideas, but they don't have the resources. They just need somebody to invest in their idea. And, you know, I would be looking for a relationship like that. You know, I have the content. I have this. Okay, you have the resources. That's just, you know, it's a business relationship, you know, not looking for mm-hmm. a handout, but an, an investment. So mm-hmm. it's completely yeah. different. The pro- oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, this is Tony, and I was going to say, do you think it's the way people approach it from the different, like, East Coast, West Coast? Because sometimes, like you say, you may have a one aspect of the business and I have another. Instead of pooling all of our talents and abilities together, sometimes you, other people just tear you down instead of trying to lift up because if you win, we all win. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a matter of how you, you have to have that mindset. You have to have that mentality to say that, I'm going to do this, and if I have to start from the bottom, so be it. you got to start somewhere. But it's all in the mindset and how you p- approach a project. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much different um, there. Even the hustle is different. Mm-hmm. Like the hustle mm-hmm. alone is different. The energy, it's, it's just it's a new challenge for me mm-hmm. because I'm used to hustling, but I have to condition myself for that hustle. 
because, you know, I came to Atlanta and I conditioned for this. And then I feel that, you know, I, I mastered what I came here to do. And then, you know, it's time for the next level. So this is a whole new level. And I started it by looking for mentorship. I started it by looking for guidance for those questions that I didn't have. Producing local news gave me a foundation for television. Everything else mm-hmm. is just extra. I'm building onto it. Mm-hmm. But, Georgia, do you feel that your hustle is, is predicated on what you see others do? I mean, if you don't see anyone else hustling, does that kind of stymie yourself? Or just you personally, do you hustle when you see eat? Others hustle? I mean, sometimes, you know, when you see, you do. Oh, definitely. I was just telling my little cousin, he's, he's 19, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. What are they doing? Like, right. <laughs> and that'll right. tell you where, where you are and where you're going. So I, my, my circle is, is a rotation because I'm always trying to grow. And not that, you know, I'm growing apart from other people. We're just as close, but, you know, I'm, I'm ascending to different levels, and that requires me, to my, my circle, to level up as well. Not that my circle has they, – they've been great for that season, and then I move on uh, to the next season. So um, I feel like, yeah, there definitely need more, needs to be um, more collaboration, and I am motivated by the people around me. But honestly, ladies, this is the first time in my life where I am motivated by Georgia. Like, it's taken mm. me a long time to see my potential. Um, like I just told you, it's freaking me out. Like, the amount of things that I, I know I have to create that won't let me sleep at night. The stories mm. that are weighing on my heart that I, I have to tell. And it started with telling my own story, but there's so much more. So in order mm-hmm. for me to get to that next level, I have to be inspired by me first. And then I look to the people around me. When I need a little mm-hmm. bit more, but I got to be full. I can't go to them mm-hmm. empty because now I'm asking mm-hmm. them to it's for an unrealistic thing. I'm asking you to fill a void that I should have filled my, myself. So I got to mm-hmm. be motivated first. And then I look for the people mm-hmm. around me to give me the things that I don't have. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, we appreciate mm-hmm. you when you come and kick it with us here in the chat room. <laughs> Thank you. you always, you always be coming in. I don't know, y'all want to talk to me again, but you be dropping some jewels. <laughs> you be trying to she slide does. them in there. Like y'all gonna need this here for something. Oh wait, wait, you gonna need this one too. Okay, wait a minute, I got one more. You gonna need this one too. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I don't, I don't always hear it. I have to go back even to the things that I write. I go back to my journals all the time, and I have to thank Georgia a week ago. Girl, you right. You was looking out. You wrote it down. <laughs> I love it. We appreciate you. We want you to shout out all of your social media, where everybody can get your book, um, any new productions um, that you have coming up. I know you that you were working on the show, if you could tell us when that show would air, where it's going to air. Okay, so the show I just finished is called uh, Love and Listings. It's going to be on VH1. I think they just pushed the premiere date from October to um, 2019, but I'm not sure about that. So that was a little project that I did in L.A. Um, But now I'm all Georgia, so... (laughs) at Georgia Dawkins on all social media platforms. and Also look for purpose producer. A purpose producer is a person using his or her gifts 
to help someone reach their destiny. So if you are in position to help somebody else get where they're supposed to be, pat yourself on the back, you can get my book, Everybody Knows the Power of Being in Position, at georgiadawkins.com. And you can also look out for the Purpose Producer T-shirt. This is like a hot item. Like I was, I'm so blessed that people are, are um, embracing this movement. So thank you for awesome. having me back. You're so welcome. Anytime. <laughs> we enjoy having you. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much. You have Jordan. a great evening. All right. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. She's always so awesome to talk to. I love her energy. And it's that shy mm-hmm. energy. Like, girl, what you want to talk to me for? Because you've got stuff that folks be needing. And she's like, well, here, let them have this. Oh, wait, wait, they're going to need this too. Hey, wait, 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 I got another one. She would be sliding them on out. <laughs> and don't even realize it. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome. This is Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know I got my right hand. And most of the time, she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony, honey. We've been talking that talk today about monetizing your Let me tell y'all, if y'all are just tuning in, no worries. If you missed the first interview with the fabulous Victoria Christopher Murray and then the fabulous interview with author, producer, Georgia Dawkins, no worries. Just head back over to our archives here on blogtalk.com. You can also, also catch us on iTunes or any podcast app. You know, we go where you go. We got our next mm-hmm. fabulous guest coming to kick it in the chat room with us. We call him our Hollywood connection because he as close as we got to Hollywood so far. <laughs> and I think that this is a fabulous show. He's about to give us some awesome information. There's so many authors out there that are taking their books. They want to put them on the big screen. They want to start taking their pen. They want to write for shows. They want to do scripts. They want to do screenplays. And they want to understand um, the industry first, I think, Mm -hmm. and understand how you can monetize your pen. Because, you know, every time every time your pen is moving, it doesn't seem like it's being monetized all the time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And understanding mm-hmm. if it's not being monetized, then then what should it be doing? You know, I love that um, interview on Instagram with Stan Lee, and he talks about Marvel, and, and um, Mr. King is like, what do you mean you don't get paid for what they do? He said, I, I just sit here and take credit. That's mm-hmm. all I do. I don't, and I don't get paid for what they do. Well, you don't get paid for create. I don't get paid for creating. No, they paid me already. <laughs> and it's just awesome because a lot of authors need to understand that you know when you're moving your pen, when somebody else get their hand on it, how much are you mm-hmm. going to be monetized? You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to let their hand on it, what what position should you be in? What should you request? So we got Kevin up in here, the fabulous Kevin Foster. He's going to tell us about writing in Hollywood. <laughs> hey. You know what? Hey, you guys. How you doing? We good. Yeah, good. Good. Well, I, I decided I ain't telling nobody nothing. There's too many talented people out there in Georgia and L.A. I'm, I'm trying to hang on to that little bit I got, so y'all ain't telling y'all. I know that's right. <laughs> okay, so wait, I got wait, a kid before in college, we get I ain't started, trying to, I ain't, I ain't trying to wait, where's that around. book at? Before we get started, where the book at? You got the book ready? Uh, see, 
to what had happened. What had happened was. <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you two doing? We Ms. are How are you doing? We are good. so good. And, uh, when can I'm we out here enjoying this beautiful too. Southern California sun? What's that? I missed you. I missed when, that. When can we when can we expect season two of monogamy? We waiting. Like You know, I mean, it's 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 funny it's funny you mentioned that. Um that is one of the few things I can't talk about today because there's some there's some good things happening and that's all I can say about it. There's some there's some Ooh. good things happening. And I have we'll to leave it at that. that. And, and and it's we'll more ambitious that. than it was more ambitious than we originally anticipated. So Absolutely, I love it. Yeah, I so love it. I, I love it. On that, but you got—I got to tell you—that was such a joy to write and, and be a part of, and I'm so proud of mm-hmm. it. Um, I wanted to have a, a bigger audience, and um, Y'all got we're it. poised. Yeah, we're poised to do some big things with it. So I'm—I'm I'm, I'm very pleased with that. But yeah, mm-hmm. other than that. I'm going to shut up because I'm going to give something away and somebody will get mad at me. So I'm going to hush on monogamy, <laughs> but I appreciate it. We, we can't have that. Right. It's got some tremendous feedback. I, I know, like, all the all the views on, like, Amazon Prime and all the reviews from the station and such, I don't think we've gotten mm-hmm. a single bad review. So I'm very, awesome. very pleased. Oh, it was written very That's well. Great. It was, we talked, I don't oh, know, see, if you listen when Victoria was on, we uh, when Victoria Christopher Murray, she talked about, um, we were talking about, um, she was talking about uh, exercising your muscle as a writer. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was oh, talking about sometimes. Oh, I thought we were about to go from, from PG-13 to R, because you know how y'all get <laughs> <laughs> I am purposely, I'm purposely on this. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, remember, well, I had interviewed you two before. I know, I have seen them turn. <laughs> but, but, but we were talking no, about she, how right sometimes, out. sometimes you can watch episodes of shows and mm-hmm. even movies, and you and you can see. If the budget was short, if they had to hurry up, if they ended it and they didn't expect it to to continue, even and we love Empire, but even in Empire, certain seasons of Empire, the writing was a little shabby. Where like you can mm-hmm. see like that that was a that was an error. Somebody didn't follow through there, and um, yeah, talk, that writing in monogamy was very well done. Very well, well done that was for the you guys one, to just come I appreciate together and collab. I appreciate that because it was it was a, it was a melding of minds. It was Craig Ross's like I always say it was Craig Ross's baby. I was lucky to be part of the village to help him raise it. But Tanika uh, mm-hmm. Lamison um, was the other writer on it, and I was surprised at how much we had in common. Because quite honestly, when you're writing a story that has a lot of relationship drama in it. You have to draw from your own experiences along with, like, you know, the, the, the experiences you've seen your friends have and, um, and, and, and also things you've watched on TV, like you said, things you've watched in movies and TV. There's a lot of things that shape your thoughts as a writer. Um, you really can't, you can't just walk around this earth and be oblivious if you're a writer. You have to always be taking in information because you never know mm-hmm. where your next idea is going to come from. So um, in, in that sense, Tamika and I apparently had a lot of experiences that were similar because we were able to write episodes apart from each other, and when we put them together, they still blended nicely. 
you know. And then there were there were things where like I had to take a scene from hers and put it in my episode, and vice versa. And it worked out really well. Um, uh-huh. it, it's like we had known each other, you know, all our lives, and we really hadn't, but we had similar experiences. And um, she's very she's a wordsmith, and, and I I write more funny, and and to to do that kind of stuff and and work together and and, and kind of work off of each other. You know, I had to step my drama game up because her dialogue was so tight and so, you know, memorable. It had memorable quotes. So I had to step my drama game up where she, you know, infused more humor where she wouldn't have. So sometimes you get a situation like that where a collaboration actually helps both of you grow. And that was a beautiful experience. I really enjoyed that one. Absolutely. Well, you know, today on Let's Chat, we're talking that talk about monetizing your pen. And mm-hmm. I know that you got some jewels to drop, some do's, some don'ts. I know you got some. Mm-hmm. Stay over there. Watch out for that. <laughs> Just go ahead mm-hmm. and lay it and, on because I know you got a lot. Name. I'm going <laughs> to try not to name names. Because <laughs> this, business, this business is a beast. I mean, it, it is a living, breathing beast. And if you ain't a beast, it will eat you alive um, and uh-huh. spit you out. So it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those businesses where it's really easy to be taken advantage of or to be taken for granted, especially, mm-hmm. especially if you're a writer, because you're the most needed and the most underappreciated in, in the industry. You know, everyone recognizes the actors and everyone knows that the directors, you know, it's their vision. But without the words, none of that stuff, you know, happens and unfortunately writers have the least amount of power unless you are also writer slash producer or writer slash director and I purposely don't have any slashes because I'm not trying to be anybody's director or producer and stuff I just want to write and and watch the words come to life but um Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things if you are just a writer or if you are new to the game um it's really easy to get taken advantage of because Everyone wants what you have, and no one can do it. But because mm-hmm. you make it look easy, everyone thinks it's easy, so they take it for granted. Mm. Yeah, now, how, now, how do y'all want me to go into this? Because it can get real nasty. Hey, <laughs> do what you do. A, do what you do. That's what we want. Kevin Foster, okay. take over. Okay. You are the Hollywood okay. connection. You letting all those people that want to step into those waters understand they got to know what they know because they know it. They got to know when you want to take your pen over here and let me tell you how it's about to go down for real. Mm-hmm. Tell okay. them about it. All right. Then I, okay, then I, I'll give you the background on me, just, uh, on me alone, um, and that will give you some insight as well. When I started in this, you know, I was a, um, a firefighter. So I had a lot of time off because we have a, you, know, you work those strange shifts. So in my time off, I had a photography business. I started meeting actors because they need their headshots updated all the time. And in Hollywood, I became known as the photographer that got that, whose pictures looked the most natural. Um, mm-hmm. So I was getting a lot of work. I was getting referred to a lot of actors as they were starting out. And as they got bigger and more prominent, you know, my work got more expensive. <laughs> but I also got to see, like, go on set and, and deliver their pictures to them. And I'm watching the whole movie-making process, and, and that's what got me started in it. Um, a very good mm-hmm. friend of mine, Jasmine Lewis, um, she's one of those actors that's always working. You'd know her 
if you saw her, because she's always working. She does four or five films a year, it seems like. But everyone seems to remember her as um, Ice Cube's wife in Barbershop in the Barbershop series. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. She's yeah. awesome. But she, I, yeah, but she's done a ton of stuff. I mean, a ton of stuff, from network TV to films to plays, you name it. Um, when she well, was you know, just anytime she want to come in the chat room, you know, she can, she, you know. She's probably, she was one of the first ones that liked my Instagram notice today when I put it up. So she's probably, we've been friends hey. for more years than either one of us wants to admit. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I love it. She, I was watching the parts that she was going up for. And in the, in the 90s, black actresses, it seemed like you were either, quite honestly, hoes or girlfriends. Yeah, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. That was kind of it. There were very few leading roles. There were very few, you know, doctor roles or 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 just, you know, working mother roles or or mm-hmm. being part of a you know two parent family roles. There just weren't a lot of them. And yes. she, I was looking at a lot of the scripts that she was getting and she was going up for, and I went, you know, this is this is below your talent. Your talent is much better than this. She goes, oh, I know. It's just, you know, the way things go. Back then. If you were a black actor, you waited for Eddie Murphy to make a movie, or you did commercials in between. You know, it's one of those things. And mm-hmm. I, she challenged me. She was like, "Well, why don't you write something?" And I was like, "You know what? I will. I'm gonna write something." And I did. I wrote a female-driven, like James Bond story. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I didn't have any software or any screenwriting background. I was a journalism major. That's what my degree was in. Um, but I ended up just. You know, by trial and error, I got some old scripts and kind of used the format. And I actually, my first time out, um, went into pre-production independently on my first film. That's, and that's unusual. Usually, you write a bunch of bad scripts, and eventually, you know, you get a good one that's someone options. But my first script, you know, got to pre-production. Um, it didn't actually get released, but it showed me that I must have something. I must have some talent. So... Here's the thing. Back then, it was a studio-driven system. Um, there wasn't the Internet like we have now. There wasn't all these, you know, cable outlets, you know, and things. Your HBO and Showtime were basically like the, the ABCs, NBCs, and CBSs. Um, there were very few outlets. So if you had a script, you had to know somebody to get it to some, you know, college script reader that worked for the mm-hmm. studios, and they would read it, and if they liked it, they would pass it up the line. If they didn't like it, they just literally throw it in the trash. Because once you took uh-huh. it in, that was it. You know, you registered it with the writer's guild to protect yourself, but you turned it, once you turned it to a studio, you, sometimes you never saw it again. Um, oh. But here was, a, here was the messed up part. Like, you could have some college kid that you've never met that maybe he's read three comedies in a row. And he's just like, you know what, I don't want to read a comedy today. So he, you hand him... Or he gets handed your best script, your best script ever. And it's a comedy, and he just looks at it and goes, pass, and throws it in the trash. So it was that subjective, and it was that lucky. That's why a lot of great scripts never get made, and that's why a lot of bad ones do get made. Because that Mm. first step, a lot of times, can can make or break you. After Mm -hmm. that, um, you had to get it into producers. So that means someone with the money or someone that could organize and, and raise the money had to look at your script and decide, okay, this is, this is a worthwhile project. We'll make, mo- we'll make money on it, so we'll, take it to, we'll go ahead and produce it. Um, okay. And I had been um, 
laboring in that system just trying to get scripts read for a while. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the only way to get it read is if you have a great agent. But the only way to get a great agent is if you've already done a whole bunch of work. So it's kind of a catch-22. For me, the way to get past that was having all these actors that liked me because I gave them great pictures, cheap. I would hand my stuff to them. Like if I had a friend that was on a sitcom, then I would write a spec script, you know, or, or a, an example script of whatever show they were on. And if they mm-hmm. read it and liked it, especially if it, if it, you know, had some parts in there that gave their character more lines or gave their character more jokes, then they would take that script to their to their director and say, "Hey, um, this is my friend. He's a screenwriter. He wrote this episode. What do you think?" And that's how I got my foot in the door. It wasn't from agents because mm-hmm. I couldn't get a good one. And it wasn't from the going through the studio system. It was because I had built relationships with a bunch of actors, and they mm-hmm. took my stuff into their directors, and then I started to get work. But um, it's tough for someone starting out um, mm-hmm. to, to have those kinds of bridges to the, the powers that be. So I would advise anybody starting out, build your network. Um, relationships are everything. Um, it may mean that you got to put yourself out there a little bit. Like, you know, if you hear of a seminar somewhere, go. And, you know, if it's free or paid, go. Because afterwards, the person giving the seminar is usually somebody in the business. If you can get to mm-hmm. them and shake their hand at their seminar, usually they'll give you their social media information or maybe an email address. And, you know, they may never talk to you again, but at the very least, you at least have the opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to really make your own connections and make your own um, relationships because the studio system is kind of dying now that we have all these cable outlets and there's so much independent production. Um, mm-hmm. So now if, if you have the money, heck, you can get your own idea produced um, for a very small budget, get it on YouTube or, or one of those, and if it starts getting a hit, then believe it or not, instead of, going, instead of the old studio system having these college kids read your scripts, now they go to mm-hmm. YouTube or they go to Instagram, and they see the people who are getting the most hits, and that gives you credibility. If you're a comedian coming up, for instance, and you write skits, you do a bunch of little, you know, little skit comedy or sketch comedy, these little one-minute mm-hmm. vignettes, you put that on Instagram enough, it gets seen enough, people share it enough, pretty soon a network sees it, and then they're you know, hitting you up in your, in your DM, asking you, hey, you know, what's your story, Where, how long have you been doing this, and can you stretch that out into a half hour? And, it, and, and a lot of times, the, the young folks, that's how they're getting work. The, the newbies to this business, they're getting work through social media. Yeah. Mm. Bill Bellamy so just a, did a, a live about that. Yes, he just did a live about that. He was talking about those the newcomers and, and social media age, and he's like, that's y'all thing, work your lane, and hustle it. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. The downside, though, is, the money is a lot smaller because we we send out the herd. In the studio days, you know, if you got one script, you know, I mean, back then, heck, my um, my quote was like one percent of budget. So if you had like a you know a, a big film, you can make a lot of money. Um, you mm-hmm. had a, you know, a, let's say a fifty million dollar film. Well, one <laughs> percent of fifty million is a whole bunch of money. <laughs> so you could do one <laughs> right, or two films a career if you wanted to. Um, but um, mm-hmm. nowadays, it's easier to get things done independently, so the product is better because 
it's it's people really creating and not just you know kicking out formula crap. You're actually mm-hmm. you know putting your heart and soul into stuff, and it's you and a couple of your friends and somebody that has a camera and someone that can edit and you know maybe you know an actor or maybe you can you know budget enough money to get an actor to do your stuff or maybe they'll read it and like it enough where they'll want to do it for not a lot of money or for free or or for an executive producer credit or something. Um, mm-hmm. But these independent projects, there's really there's fewer excuses now. Anybody who wants to create something can create something. Now, how good it is when they finish is going to depend on, number one, the writing, and number two, the production value. Um, production, I would advise anybody starting out, if you're not in film school, hang around one. You know, if, if there's a college mm-hmm. in your area um, and you have a, a script, put, a, put something up on a, somebody's kiosk or put it out in the uh, social media that you're looking for students to table read your script. You know, and then you'll get a bunch mm-hmm. of actors, you know, college actors, drama majors, and media arts majors. Um, they'll come together with you for pizza, you know, and they'll take mm-hmm. read your script. It does it does a couple of things. You'll get to hear your words live. You get to hear an actor interpret your words. Um, mm-hmm. It'll sound. You may be able to make the, the necessary corrections, but also you've got some creative people now interested in what you're doing. Um, my son, for instance, is in is in college now in film school. Um, he's going to be a cameraman slash DP. I can get some kids, some kids from his class. You know, I can get an actor, I can get an editor, I can get a uh, you know future cinematographer. I can get a couple of cameramen, and I can pull them into a park and shoot a short. And then I can post it yeah. on YouTube. And if it gets enough hits, maybe some studio interest, or maybe an independent filmmaker sees this and goes, "Hey, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but I got an investor with ten grand." Um, if we can pull some more people together, maybe we can produce this into a, into a web series, you know. And mm-hmm. the good thing about independent films working with no name is 50 grand, you can do a lot. You can get a lot of mm-hmm. confidence because you ain't paying nobody's scale. <laughs> and, and you're not dealing with talent that has demands. Um, mm-hmm. You've just got to get some good, you know, you got to get a good director and hopefully have a good script. And you may, you may have something. You may have mm-hmm. something. So it, it's, it's easier now to get started, but the money isn't as good. I would just say mm-hmm. make yourself available to all opportunities. Um, there's going to be some opportunities. You've got to do some stuff for free, um, but attach that free cart <laughs> to some real strong horses. Because <laughs> if you just keep giving away free work to people who ain't doing nothing, you end mm-hmm. up just spinning your wheels. You know, I've done free work right. for, like I did some, I did some stuff for, um, Karen Ward Ross, the actress, who was in Menagerie, mm-hmm. who happened mm-hmm. to be married to Craig Ross, who was the guy who created Monogamy. Well, Karen and I were friends, and she and I, you know, we we're like kindred spirits. We get along extremely well, and you know, we can finish each other's sentences almost. We're very spiritually connected. Um, she and I one day were just laughing and joking, and doing like two people impromptu improvisational comedy. I'm um, just walking around Hollywood, and from that came a couple of ideas for a couple of web series. Um, by me developing those things for free with her, um, she at some point showed them to her husband, who thought, well, damn, I got this other thing that's really dark and dramatic. This guy can bring the funny. If maybe if he can write drama, too, I'll bring him in to balance out my thing. So... Mm-hmm. You know, doing two things with her for free 
ended up getting me a paid gig. Hey. So sometimes, but I attach my free cart to a strong horse. You That's know, right. uh-huh. she was somebody that can get some things done. Um, and she's extremely, extremely talented. Um, when you just keep, you know, here's the problem with being a writer, too. And I hope I'm not talking too long. But here's the problem. Any, anybody that's, got, uh, that's had a tough life thinks that their life would make a great movie. And I mean anybody. Mm. So anytime, any, anytime someone finds out you're a writer, they go, oh, I, you know, I, uh, I want to tell you about my life because, you know, I, we ought to make this into a movie. And if you keep volunteering to do that stuff, you're going to have a whole bunch of bad scripts that, that are titled, you know, <laughs> random guy that made bad choices. You know, uh-huh. most of the time. All the same don't, plot. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, I was, you know, I was, I, you know, I, I got this girl pregnant when I was thirteen, and, and I was on drugs. Okay, that's not a, not a movie. That's, that's, that's life. That's basically, the highlights of your dumbass life. Ain't nobody trying to hear. Ain't nobody gonna pay to see that. What's the that's happy life, ending? You still work at FedEx. You know? Ain't no happy ending here. You work at FedEx. What's, what's this no rags riches story? This is rags to steal rags. Rags still rags. <laughs> yes, rags are it's rags to like paper towels is what that is. Not to say <laughs> you haven't made any character art. So where's the growth? Where, where, where am I taking this story? There ain't no technical climax of your sorry ass life. <laughs> are you at least working two jobs? Work two jobs. Can you give me something to work with here? I need a success story. <laughs> but that's the brother that's out. What, what, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this thing can write itself if you if you if you beat somebody. <laughs> but people would do that. They'll ask you to write their story, or you may even mm-hmm. deal with like a, a, a semi prominent actor who thinks he mm-hmm. has a story that he wants to develop, and you think, okay, because I've seen him on TV, you know, I'm, I'm this this is gonna be my this is gonna be my end. This is gonna be my hookup. No, because mm-hmm. if he if he doesn't have access to the money to get this thing made. Right. You're just spinning your wheels. You're just writing for free. Now, I will say this. I have done that sometimes for projects that I thought were interesting because it helped mm-hmm. me grow as a writer. You know, um, mm. you don't always get to write the things you want. You know, sometimes you've got to write things that you don't like if you want to get paid. We're talking about monetizing the pen. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm doing a thing right now for a network that – and it's so funny because my wife watches these stories. And I can't stand to watch them with her. And now, mm-hmm. and now I'm about to get paid to write one. <laughs> but it's, it's these, <laughs> it's these period. That, that's, that's how you know God has a sense of humor. Because <laughs> I've been criticizing these things all this time, and now I'm going to get paid to write one. But it's, it's, it's these period and pieces. And she's going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, she will. She will. <laughs> but it's these period pieces, right, where you, you have these, uh, like, it'll be like 1800s England, like, you know, 19th century England. And mm-hmm. the stories are all kind of the same. Stuff like that. Well, see, I know a lot I of women do. It's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very rich market. You know, it's an easy market to tap into, and it's a love story. But here's the thing, and I hope I don't like spoil your, uh, your, your love for these shows because, the, <laughs> because the costumes Uh-oh. and the settings are amazing. They're beautiful. You know, they usually shoot them in Canada. Um, you know, for for not a ton of money, and they get an actor mm. or an actress that you recognize from, like, some sitcom in the 90s. You know what I mean? It's like they're, they're little, maybe like so, maybe they were big stars in soap operas in the 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s, and you haven't seen them in a while. Well, they're going to be mm-hmm. all these things because they have a ton of talent. It's just Hollywood, you know, is Hollywood is a, is a mean game. If you, if you lose a little of your glitter, 
you know. It's, you go down and you go from varsity you to that. JV real quick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so funny you said that because, you know, I like to watch the Hallmark Movie Mystery Channel. And mm-hmm. I do, I like to watch the the um, BBC they, channel. They have, a, um, like, their own version of a cozy mystery. It's like a female um, private eye back in the day. She was mm-hmm. like the 20s. Yeah. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah. So I, on Murder, She Wrote, watching Murder, She Wrote, you see how many up-and-coming stars were on Murder, Murder, She Wrote, how many big mm-hmm. stars were on Murder, She Wrote. Just by watching, I'm like, oh, that's such and such. They did, and they did Murder, She Wrote. I mean, just, just yeah. to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, what you, what you see on these, like, these little um, pseudo-British drama things, you'll see actors on their way up, or you'll see actors on their way down. But mm-hmm. they're working together, and the, they're both at the, the lower end of that, of, that, of that Hollywood pay scale. The advantage to the young mm-hmm. actor is you get to really stretch your legs, and then you get to learn from these vets because they've been through the wars, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it's a wonderful thing to be on, and I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not begrudging it because, you know, for me it's going to be a check, but um, the, it's not something that I would, like, ordinarily write on my own, you know what I mean? But since we're talking about monetizing the pen. You know, this is this this is a situation where my pen can bring in some money. So, as mm-hmm. a writer, what you do is you find something or ace or some character that you either identify with or you make yourself love. There's always somebody in one of these, you know, out of the entire ensemble cast that reminds you of somebody you grew up with. You know, not maybe not looks wise, but like personality wise or choices wise or or maybe there's a spiritual connection. There's something in there. Um, or maybe you identify with the love story. Maybe if it's a you know if it's a girl that you know you always wanted, but you know she you know she was your friend, but you couldn't get past the friend zone. Okay, well that that story goes through time. There were you know <laughs> that story happened in Macedonia. There was there was Philistines and Hittites that were in the friend zone. You know so that story is universal. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you find something like that to latch on to, then you can go ahead and enjoy the project that's going to get you paid. You know in my case. These love stories are all kind of formula. They're basically, it's usually like a rich family that has a daughter. And she has this male suitor who is also rich, who has known her her whole life. And everybody just kind of assumed, okay, eventually they're going to get married. They'll have titles and land and all that kind of stuff. But what they did Mm -hmm. know was, well, she's out riding her horse or or out in the garden or doing whatever she did, because she's usually a little quirky. Um, She has been... Growing up with like this goat herder kid, you know, <laughs> who has no money, ain't supposed to be anywhere near her ground, but always like sneaks through a fence or something, and they hang out, and they tell each other their secrets. So that's the dude she's really in love with, right? And then mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. she gets, you know, of marrying age, which is eighteen to twenty-five or wherever they put her, then that's when the, that's the dilemma. You know, is she gonna marry the guy that she technically should marry, who's been, you know? You know, a, a, a family friend and, and is wealthy and comes from good standing and all that other kind of stuff that can, you know, give her that life that she's always had? Or is she going to marry for love? And the problem I have with those stories is no one would choose a damn goat herder. And I mean nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I, I, and, and we can test that theory. We could have tell any brother that's listening to this to this radio broadcast. Go to any club, any bar, any anything. When you meet Starbucks, I don't care. 
you're talking to the finest girl in the place. When the conversation comes through, what do you do? Say goat herder. <laughs> <laughs> See how long it takes her to physically swipe left from your ass. She ain't trying to, you know, ain't no way trying to be a no goat herder. <laughs> but in, these, oh per, in this perfect, in this, in this perfect world, the goat herder has just as much a chance and usually gets the girl. Now, for me, that's a hard story to write. <laughs> that's a hard story. Because when my wife is watching these things, you know, I'm black, so I'm yelling back at the screen, you know. And usually it comes down to some, some like, confrontation where the rich guy, let's call him um, Wesley. That's a rich name. Um, Wesley will have to confront uh, the broke dude, Jonathan. Let's call it, okay, so Jonathan's the goat herder, and Wesley's the rich dude, right? And so Wesley will have to pull Jonathan aside at some point and go, you know, um, Jonathan, if you really loved Penelope, you would <laughs> step aside because you know and I know that you cannot provide for her the life that she so richly deserves. And, you know, and, and so they had that conversation. And then John like, is like, well, you know, I can, I can provide Penelope with all the love that pumps through my heart. I will love her body, mind, and soul. <laughs> I know I don't have standing. I know I don't have money. But I have love. And, blah, 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 blah. and my wife is watching this going, aw. I mean, the hell, aw. You know, aw. I'm looking at Jonathan. Oh Shut your broke ass up, Jonathan. Ain't nobody trying to hear your broke ass talk about how much you love somebody. And then oh I'll be talking to Wesley. Wesley kick, Wesley, kick his ass. Wesley, kick his ass, Wesley. <laughs> so I'm no good watching them. Now I got to write one? That's going to be hard. That's gonna be hard. I'm gonna to have to find something to identify with the underdog, because I've been the underdog dating. You know, I have dated the girl who was supposed to be outside of my league and all that stuff. You know, and I, I pined for the rich girl, you know, whose friends, you know, wouldn't let her, you know, who was always in her ear trying to tell her not to date the, you know, dark skinned black dude from Compton. You know, so I've been that guy. So, you know, I've essentially been a social goat, goat herder. <laughs> so I'll identify with him on that level oh, and I'll work it from that angle. But but that's the thing. Sometimes sometimes if you're going to call yourself a professional writer, you can't just write your own stuff. Then you're you're gonna be pinned for hire. Someone's gonna hire you to write something of theirs. And if it's a uh-huh. story you don't identify with, you're gonna to have to find uh-huh. something that you identify with so you can get that check. Uh-huh. And if but they wanted is, to go into go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. No, I was just going to make a comment, um, Kevin. This is Tony. When he did that mm-hmm. little skit, he, he, I could see it like, Wesley, you and I both know. Just the way his, his vernacular that, that's words how it used. Happened. That's it, how it happened. That's how it happened. It sounded so little, natural, Kevin. Ones. <laughs> them little British little shows. That's how it happened. And that's exactly and that's how, how they sound. talk. Both of them like that, though? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to that uh, that movie. Oh, it's an old movie. Um, it's gonna come to me in a minute. But um, ah, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Is that it? Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember I that. Say, you know, I, I don't say know. It's <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. But yeah, that's that's uh-huh. how they sound. Even if you think of Downton Abbey and. I mean, that's how they yeah, sound. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, but here's the thing, and this is very important. There aren't a lot of original stories of Hollywood. There really aren't. There's original takes mm-hmm. on basic concepts. I mean, 
um, there's there's you know boy meets girl, um, there's conflict resolution like you know like Die Hard you know you got you know guy he's got a time clock he's got a criminal action about to happen and he's got to beat it before this time or the or the conflict becomes worse. Um, there's mm-hmm. boy and his dog, you know like Old Yeller is a you know the the typical boy and his dog story. Lassie's another one, but here's one everybody mm-hmm. forgets. E.T. Mm-hmm. E.T. is a boy and his dog story, you know, because mm-hmm. it's essentially, you know, an, an animal that is not a, a real person. It's an extraterrestrial, but you have to communicate with it on a different level. Um, right. So there's no original, there's not a lot of original stories in Hollywood. It's just what is your take on that? So, like, you know, romantic comedies or rom-coms are my staple. So, you know, there have been a million rom-coms going back to, and I like the old ones, like, um, seven Year Itch and, and Some Like It Hot, you know, from the 50s. Um, there are some modern ones I like, too. There's a there's one called French Kiss that uh, Kevin Klein and, uh, oh, gosh, what is that chick's name? I can, Meg, uh, Meg Ryan, um, uh-huh. that I think, you know, is a nice one for people to study if they want to learn the format and the time clock of rom-coms because it's a combination of, girl doesn't like this guy and they're at each other's, you know, well, not at each other's throats, but they're essentially enemies, but they have a common goal. Um, and so mm-hmm. in working to achieve their common goal, they realize that they, you know, find things about themselves that they're attracted to. Um, but there's also tension because there's a, a, a jewel heist thing that's part of the storyline and, you know, he's got the jewels hidden in her plant. And, and all this kind of stuff. So there's, there's tension and the building of the relationship, and it all builds to the first kiss. And at the end of the movie, you get that kiss. That's the payoff. Those are the kind of stories mm. that I like to write. Here is, the, mm-hmm. here is the downside to being a black writer writing those stories. Most black rom-coms, there's sex in the first act. There's not a lot of... You know, building until the, there is it. There's not a lot of building until the last kiss. I can't think of a single mm-hmm. one right now um, that mm-hmm. was a you know a black story where there wasn't sex in the first thirty pages. How so about the first me, thirty kind of, seconds? Well, that happens too. You know, that happens. It happens. It does. You know, or or they're fighting the urge for sex. You know, mm-hmm. the whole movie. Well, that's the conflict. And, and you gotta have that conflict. That conflict always somewhere in there. It has to be some sort of a conflict, and even yeah. that tension, that's a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Well, my idea of romantic tension is when it's building, 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 and then you, and then everything keeps jumping in the way to the point where the audience is going, "Oh, please let them care. Please, we want to see them together." <laughs> but in a lot of the black, a lot of the black rom coms, <laughs> now the question of are they going to get it again? You know, so I unless know. you're really happy for the brother trying to get it again, uh, a lot of them <laughs> lose me. <laughs> but, but I've also heard that sometimes from a younger audience, that the way I mm-hmm. write mine um, is old-fashioned. That no one that really? no one does that in this in in this hookup culture. You know that that mm-hmm. a lot of romance is you know is Tinder-driven, or you know social media hookups and. Yeah, where where sex is the primary goal, a relationship isn't the goal. I think mm-hmm. I think somehow we got to get back to our, you know, from a mindset of of just sex and think more about relationships if we if we intend to have relationships last. I think rom coms mm-hmm. in a way, kind of 
can educate the public a little bit <laughs> on on how relationships can work. And and that's the kind of stuff that I like to write. I've, I've been in a long-term relationship. I've been married for 29 years, um, and I've been mm-hmm. with my wife for 36 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I have probably a little bit of insight on how it can be done. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, infuse a little bit of that into a lot of what I write. But for new writers out there, write your story. You know, if you out there getting it every other week from different folks, and that's your story. Oh. Write what you know. <laughs> oh. Write, write what you know. Talk about a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's just saying. <laughs> I don't know if it's busting a block, but it's busting something. <laughs> well, you know the routine here on Let's Chat, Kevin. You know, we like to we like to show all the different facets of our guests. And so, you know, we like to do something a little fun. And so we like to test those juices. So we're going to get to be able to experience those Hollywood juices. <laughs> we ready? Yes. Yes. Wait, wait, well, Kevin, once again, go ahead. I know, I'm like getting out of here without having to write about Bob. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> no, no, wait. You weren't you you getting out of here that easy now. You about. know when you come here. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be that I'm easy. About, I'm about to talk. I'm going to talk about baby oil again, huh? <laughs> oh. See, now that well, wasn't the book tonight, but... Uh... Look, well, at least the book will get done. We'll leave you inspired. <laughs> oh, goodness. You guys are always so much fun to talk to. We ready. Go ahead, T. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Okay. Well... Kevin, I'm going to give you some props, and we're going to hear your creative juices flow because, uh, you you know, you've been talking a lot of good jewels tonight, so we're going to put it into motion. I'm going to give you Uh-oh. three props, and I, we want you to write a little mini scene using these three props. And tonight's three Uh-oh, props for you. Baby oil, a chainsaw, <laughs> and some Lowry seasoning salt. Oh, <laughs> then let me, let, me, let me write that down. Seasoning salt. <laughs> no, actually, we're going we gonna to take it up a little bit for you tonight. We're going to have some. Uh, you ready? We're going to give it to you, Hollywood uh, style. I'm ready. Okay, we're going to give you some red thigh-high boots, a straight jacket, and a thong. Now, oh, um, hey, um, wait a minute. Uh, you said thigh high boots, a straight jacket, jacket. Mm-hmm. and some hot wax. Oh, ow! And I'm about to throw in some some um, handcuffs. No, Ooh. no, no, no! Better yet, a blindfold. Yes. <laughs> I'm about to say a handcuff and a straight jacket. Straight jacket, hot wax. Thigh-high boot and a blindfold. <laughs> you can put the handcuffs on the ankles. <laughs> However you want to do it. <laughs> you know, see, you you caught me when I'm like in a funny mood. And so, like, the first, I don't have to get this out of my head, because the first thought was, well, this, this transsexual was at Roscoe's. <laughs> <laughs> But he couldn't reach, couldn't reach his wallet because he was in a straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hmm. 
See, now, now that I've actually shut down the funny for a second. Because mm-hmm. it was a good idea. Yeah. So he like, that didn't sound too bad. Mm-hmm. Well, see, now, now that we've adjusted some of these, now that we got the handcuffs out, because you can't have handcuffs and the hands already covered. Um, so the, I will say this. The straight jacket is going to cover up a lot of body parts, so the wax is going to be less useful. Um if, if it's a guy, well, it can't be a guy wearing the red, red hot boots. That, that's, that's not good. Well, actually, hmm. Hey, nowadays it could be whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess it could. See, when, when, if, if you picture a man in a straitjacket, there's only one other appendage out, and you don't want how oh. much anywhere near that. Oh. How, yeah. I, all right. That's a <laughs> yeah. different visual in my head now with a straitjacket. <laughs> well, see, straight. Here's the thing. Straight jackets are very effective um, bondage devices for men because you can lay them down and still mount them accordingly and, and continue to have intercourse. With a woman, it's, her arms will then be in the way because they're crossed and they're, they're folded in front of her. So a man's body weight on her arms could make her uncomfortable. But a man in a straight jacket, that's actually very appealing from a sensual standpoint. Oh, it's just talking, just what, talking what, to what, what, the mind of a well, look writer. Look at that. Okay. But, but, yeah, I just got to look at it differently. The, but the hot wax part, see, that's going to work best on a man's chest or back. It's not going to work on lower extremities. You do, men do not want hot wax anywhere below the waist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, <laughs> that is true. But if you think about in a sensual concept, right, even if you look at BDSM, a lot mm-hmm. of things in BDSM, and for all of those that don't, that's that slap me, beat me, pull my hair stuff. However, when you have the thought of a mind, uh, they call it a mind fuck. So oh, yeah. when when you have the thought of the hot wax being poured on your extremity, and you, before you were blindfolded, by blindfolded, that's all you saw. Your mind is going to well, focus on that automatically. You're going to be worried already. And they don't even have to pour the wax, the wax on you. They just got to show you that they're going to make you think they're going to pour it and put the idea in your head. Well, see, it's funny you mentioned that. Because I wrote a scene for something a long time ago that didn't get produced that had it was sensory deprivation. And there was blindfolds and there was headphones put on so the person was getting music piped in so they couldn't even hear their own voice, but mm-hmm. they were shown, before they were blindfolded, they were shown um, a big, like, you know, candle in your encased in glass, like, you know, like those, almost like those religious candles that you could pour the wax out with, with more right. um, mm-hmm. deafness and dexterity. So they were shown that, and then blindfolded. So when they were laid down and they were tied by the to bed, the person held the candle over them so they could feel the radiant heat, but... Mm-hmm. When it came time to touch the skin, she used ice. And initially, the sensation was, you know, it, it, ice, when you, when you feel radiant heat, and then someone touches yes. you with ice, you think it's hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think it's hot, yeah. So you react, mm-hmm. you react as if it's hot. Now, that was in writing. In actual practical, I can tell you from personal experience, if you think, if a man thinks that, there is any kind of potential scarring and or injury <laughs> <laughs> of his most prized physical possessions, 
<laughs> you, you remember, remember Pac Man when the game ended? That's what you're going to get. <laughs> but you know what? You're going you to let the air out the balloon. <laughs> no, Sometimes, no. depending on what it is, because you can use a TENS unit, which is electroshock, down there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a whole different experience. It may be into it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, <laughs> you find me, you find me that dude, and if he's anything but a goat herder, marry. Because <laughs> that is that is a trusting, trusting man. <laughs> oh, he will eat goodness. your cooking even if you can't cook. <laughs> marry that brother. Not the not the culinary skills coming into play. People, I'm telling you, if if a, if that man would let you get hot wax anywhere near his Johnson, he will eat green beans and gumbo. I'm just saying, and he won't blink. Oh my God! He won't even ask you. Are these supposed to be in there? He won't even ask. He's just gonna eat. He he's got that kind of trust in you. Oh my god. You better not put green you better not put green beans in my gumbo and you better not have any kind of heat anywhere near your jewels. My my Franks and beans. I ain't playing. If I ever get out that thing. If I you know what? You I had no time. I can't. I can't with him. I can't. I can't. Okay. Okay. I just my, can't. We my got jaws. My jaws hurt. <laughs> got my pressure up out here thinking about three jackets. <laughs> Girl, my jaws hurt from laughing so much. Oh, my goodness. You know we are so appreciative of having to kick it with and us it was in start, the chat room. It was starting out so well. The red boots, you had me going. Red boots. <laughs> oh, man. That high red Uh uh. I was I had all kinds of visions. I was picturing donut holes going in the hot grease at at, at uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I was picturing all kinds of things. Oh. But Kevin, donut holes. You could have did the hot wax before you put the straight jacket on. I tell you what, you better do the hot wax with the other brother before I get there. That's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> you get, I, will, I will hire you a stunt. I, I'll get you a stunt man. I get a stunt man. <laughs> he can go. He can warm the car up. I'll drive it home. It ain't. It ain't happening, right, Kevin? It ain't happening. No. I watch him come out holding his genitals. <laughs> He'll be walking out holding his genitals. Okay, she's all warmed up. Thank you, boss. Here's your hundred. I can't. I can't with you. <laughs> Oh my God, Kevin! We have so much fun when you come on this show. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us. Now you got to. Well, you know me. I I tell you what I will do though. I'm I'm going to Mm -hmm. take your your. I'm going to write you guys a scenario. I'm going to send it to you. DM. Okay. I'm going to write you a full scene. We're still waiting on the book, man. What happened to the book we were supposed to get? Have well, my lips all ready to be reading. Ain't got nothing here's what yet. Happened. Here's what, what happened. Here's what happened. What uh-huh. happened was I started. Get, I'm getting more work. You know, I've been doing. Good. I've been doing stand up, which I hadn't done. I've been doing stand up comedy, and then um, that has led to some writing opportunities. And quite honestly, I've been doing more writing. 
Awesome. So I got to well, hope that I'm trying to do a little more than that. It only take about well, 30 words a day. Do about 30 words a day. Bro, <laughs> you know how big, well, you know how much I eat? Oh. I got we have, we have a lot of certain amount of hours to eat. Oh, well, yeah. we don't want to know what you eat, but we'll take the script. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what. I will get on that tonight. That I promise. <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't know if you eat. We supposed to eat three months ago. That's not to me. Oh my goodness. Oh my lord! I know. I can't. I got a cramp in my side messing around with you. <laughs> well, you? well, I got some hot wax for it. Loosen you right up. <laughs> some soothing hot wax. <laughs> we so appreciate you coming and kicking with us today in the chat room. You know, you know, out. all you gotta do is say it, and I'm there. Oh, thank you, Kevin. We appreciate, we appreciate you. It. Next time you come, bring yeah, friends. Anything you ever need. Bring, bring, bring friends. Bring friends. Yeah, bring share, friends. share the, share the wax. <laughs> <laughs> share the experience. Share the experience. You got your damn mind. <laughs> share the wax, man. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what. Um, we will get together again, and I will make it. We'll okay. make it a conference call. I'll, I'll have some of the, I'll have some of these recognizable faces that I've been writing. I've been putting words in their mouth, making them look all good on stage and on the screen. Oh. I'll have some of them with me, and we can do a conference call. We sure can. That sounds like fun. We'll be on our day. best behavior. Yeah, we will. Right. We won't. We won't <laughs> ask them to do any any strange table reads or anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that when I see it. Which are you proud, Kevin? Which are you proud? You guys best behavior, but your best behavior is still messed up. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you guys remember that? What you mean, man? You know? I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, know what you're talking about. I don't know. Yeah, you guys as normal as everybody else is crazy. You got to remember that. <laughs> we don't know nothing about what that is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. What you uh, mean, I'll man? Sit, I'll be sitting my friends down having intelligent discourse about the business. Next thing we know, y'all go have our wee whackers. <laughs> oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Let me write that down. Wee whackers. <laughs> wee whackers, Air Jordan, and baloney. Oh. He said baloney. See, you get, we rubbing off on you, Kevin. We rubbing off on you. I know. I oh, know. T- my therapist is going to love you guys. <laughs> not, the, not the therapist. You, come on, oh, I'm black. You know, you know, you know, when, black, when you're black, you got two choices. Get over it or pray. Those are your two choices. They don't, we, you know, we don't do, Ain't no we in don't between. Do a lot of therapy. We don't do a lot of therapy. We, we probably should, <laughs> but we don't. Well, well, we appreciate you, Kevin, always, for sharing some of your time well, with us. My pleasure. Well, anytime you guys want me to come on, I'm on. Anything you need from me, I got you. Just let me know. Oh, I love thank y'all. you so much. We thank appreciate you. you. Thank you. Shout well, out all of your social media Tony, Lisa, and your thank next you guys. project. Shout out your next project that you can talk about so that we I can be on the lookout. All right. Oh, and, and make sure you follow my, my Instagram page, Kevin Wright. 
that's where I usually drop a lot of that stuff. I got to get more savvy with that social media stuff. Mhm. Well, we follow you. We want our okay. listeners to follow you as well. That's what we need. Yeah, that, you'd be surprised how important that stuff is nowadays. It really oh, is. Yes. We yeah. appreciate you, and you know that we will well, see thank you, you guys. Again. Yes, indeed. <laughs> love y'all. You have a great evening. Love you more. We love you. Too. Have a great evening. Yeah, right. we will. Bye bye. <laughs> okay, bye. He is oh, hilarious. Man. That is so funny. Oh my god, the hot wax. He took it to the left, right, and then came back around. Like hell no. <laughs> Y'all forgot about that hot wax, didn't you? <laughs> oh my goodness, that was so funny. That was so funny. We appreciate y'all coming and kicking with us here in the chat room. I'm Miss Lisa. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We were talking that talk today about monetizing your pen. If you missed anything on our show today, don't worry. Just head back over to our archives here on BlogTalk.com. You can also catch us on any podcast and iTunes. You know that we go where you go. We will mm-hmm. see y'all on tomorrow. Same time, same chat channel. And we out. Good night, everybody. Uh, Let's hit them with some of that, Miko. Yeah.